Hi everyone. Okay. Um, quick update. Jesus Christ. One day. Just one day. Yeah, I've uh, spent the last, I don't know, two hours. <laughs> two hours or so sitting in the studio. Um, <coughs> I don't know. Sure, make sure these aren't clipping. Hang on. Okay, um, I'm actually sort of real feeling myself right now. <laughs> um, yeah, this is the first, uh, last session that we had here. Uh, yeah, it was still a bit rushed, and we hadn't been in the studio for yeah four or five months or whatever it was because of COVID. And I'd explained over the course of the last solo episodes that I spent a bit of money, you know, wisely enough. <laughs> Wisely enough, I spent a bit of money on upgrades in here, so because uh, a number of people have contacted me in regards to recording their own stuff here, and um, yeah, I obviously want to capitalise on that, <laughs> but I can't have people coming in here thinking it's a yeah, some sort of two bit operation. Wink, wink. Luckily, <laughs> no one actually listens to this; they would pay money to use this place. So the con is still on. <laughs> um, but you know, it's. It's sort of weird. Um, I've had a few over the course of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but I've had to produce my CV a few times. Not necessarily because I'm, you know, looking for a job, but just yeah, people sort of ask, you know, what's what do you do? What's your background? Blah blah blah. And um, yeah, it's come to me in my old age that I've actually done a bit of diff- a few different things. Yeah, a few um, things in a few pies and a few eggs in a few baskets. One of the things, obviously, that I've done uh, is audio engineering. Um, I actually paid money to go <laughs> to a diploma. Um, but again, I could just spend the money on equipment and probably learnt the same amount of things. Nevertheless, <laughs> uh, one of the things that I did upgrade during our downtime was the sound panel, the audio panel that, you know, you plug all, basically in layman's terms, it's where you plug all your mics into and from there you generate the sound out and do whatever you want with it, basically. And, um, yeah, every time you see someone's studio, like, you know, like a producer or some sort of hip-hop artist or whatever and they've always got like you know heaps of wires and cables and panels and all types of shit like anyone worth their salt who knows what they're doing that stuff is worth money and it makes a difference but if you're a two-bit operation like you are as i am um really you just need the bare bones sort of stuff and you know it's not really that impressive (laughs) like i look around all the crap that we've accumulated over the last say five six years some of the stuff you know i've had for over two decades like I've got speakers here that were, I'm pretty sure we're my uncles or godfathers or something, vintage speakers. I love them. I produced all my earliest stuff on that, on the music. But um, yeah, they're still here. I've got, I've got an audio, pa- I've got an audio switcher, which is basically just like this little thing with a knob that you plug in your feeds to like, you know, you probably have one, you have digital versions of them at home now where, you know, you plug into a, a home theater system and then, you know, you can switch between you know, Blu-ray, and then you want to switch between that to a, a laptop or something that you got plugged in, or a USB, and all that sort of shit. I've got one, and the reason why I've I've kept it is because I remember being in high school, and I had in my room I had a TV, and I had a computer, and I had you know obviously a PlayStation or whatever attached to that, and I had a, a VCR and DVD, then eventually a DVD player. And in order to get sound running through like my computer, my stereo speakers. I would physically have to unplug 
these cables every single time and replug them in. So every time I want to work on music, I would have to unplug the cables from the back of the, the uh, stereo and um, plug in, you know, the computer sp- speaker leads or whatever. And then, you know, every time I wanted to play, watch a movie with sound coming out of my stereo, I would have to unplug, then replug. It was just a, I'd have to reach behind. I actually cut a hole in the back of my TV unit cabinet so I could easy access like the cables. And it was a pain in the ass. Like you'd reach down there, you'd be, your arm would be fishing around the back of the thing. Sometimes you'd knock speaker wires out or, you know, you'd rip your arm apart on the staples that were in the back of the unit, you know, holding that cheap bit of chipboard sort of sheet, you know, in. And, um, yeah, I've actually still got that thing, that, that sound panel. And I remember where I bought it. I bought it in Clayton. There was this, like, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a cash, cashies or anything. There was a cashies, but it's not where I bought it from. I bought it from further up near the driveway station. There was like some South Asians that were running like a, you know, <laughs> like a, I don't know what it was, man. It was like a cheap cashies. There's about five of them in Clayton at one point, you know, um, funnily enough, the only people that were doing business, <laughs> there's always brand new BMXs parked out the front. But, um, yeah, I bought it from there. And I remember debating with myself for about two years to buy it because every time I think to buy it, I'd convince myself not to because it was 20 bucks. I still remember that 20 bucks, $20, it was a $20 note. So when you're 15 or 16 or whatever, 20 bucks back in like, you know, 2000, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and yeah, you know, everything in Clayton always costs 20 bucks. Like that, that, that is forever. Yeah, you, know, you want to buy a joint off someone, 20 bucks. Yeah, you know, someone's stolen a jacket. It's all 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, God. Can't escape some of the shit. Nevertheless, um, yeah. So I still remember. That was one of my first bits of audio equipment that I have actually bought that was more of a, you know, a need slash want slash going to make my life 100% easier that I held out on. I held out on forever because I couldn't justify spending the $20 to buy it. And I've still got it here. And I've actually got a cable running from it that I can plug in an iPod and ideally, you know, once I set up the Mega Drive and maybe the PS2 that I've got and all the other, all these toys and gimmick shit that I've had from when I was a kid, that's what I've chosen to litter my studio with because it's very, very professional. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be a crime not to actually do a solid podcast. We did one last week with John and Andy and um, yeah, it was good to be back. Sort of dribbled on a bit. Um... I know we go off tangents sometimes, especially with those boys, and if it's you know someone else in here that sort of keeps it on the straight and narrow, um, yeah, obviously it's going to go a bit better. But no, it was good. It was good seeing them. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, this is probably the longest I've spent in here since we first since first moved in back in February, um, where I'm not entirely hating my world because yeah, I finally figured out a few things. Of course, the headphones that I had the big issue with when I did the move, they've stuffed up again, so that's always fun. But, you know, <laughs> it's just this time, instead of taking it back, because I know it's not under warranty, this time I just uh, grabbed the old electrical tape and, <laughs> and it's fine. Um, yeah, it's been a big week. Everyone's back out of lockdown. Today's actually Melbourne Cup Day. Um, and Melbourne Cup Day for me is a sore point, not necessarily because of the horses and because I'm poor and can't afford to go to the races. Um <laughs> Yeah, I worked in, for five, six years, I worked in a job where we dealt with, specifically with the races in Victoria, and I went to many of these events, but never as a patron. I only went to, as a patron, I think I maybe went to three races all up, as well as a Cox Plate, 
And um, now when I look, when I now when I see the ads, and I see all the um, you know, the top ten Muppets from over the years that have made asses of themselves at the races, just it's become more and more apparent to me just how whitewashed those events are. It's honestly just a, an excuse for bogans to let their hair down, get dressed up in like a Tarakash suit, and head down. They just drink, you know, Yellow Glen and the nastiest booze in the world because they're dropping all the money on. They're going for distance, you know. <coughs> um, by the way, I have no idea how this one's going to sound. This is I'm purely. I was just. I've been talking to myself for about two hours, and I thought, now nah, stuff it. I'll actually need some proper dialogue. Um. So yeah, rather than Melbourne Cup Day, um, was just a reminder that I've worked every Cup Day, you know, bar maybe one or two. And the, they were the last ones. And today, technically, I'm still working. I've, I've, I've got to actually get home and do some work. I can't just play around with this shit all day. Um, I don't know. It's just a reminder of just, to, yeah, me working on public holidays. I, for the last 10 years, prior to my last two jobs, I worked every public holiday, every weekend, every Saturday, every Sunday, you know, getting up at 3 in the morning to go to work on Cup Day or New Year's Day and all that sort of shit. It's still, it's still, it's still got PTSD. Like I don't actually, I don't actually feel like I deserve a day off. You know, I should be working, or I don't actually make plans because I don't expect to not be working. It's really, really strange. But that sort of stuff really sticks with you. Um, as far as the cup, as far as the Melbourne Cup goes, um, despite it being one of the oldest sports in the world, I really wouldn't call it a sport anymore. It's just a form of gambling. Um. And that really was a sticking point with me with the um, with the Olympics with the equestrian. It pisses me off. Like, how much Rick? How much reward does the horse actually get? <laughs> I was thinking about it because they were waving on that um that dude. There was a jockey that was like a thousand years old. <laughs> he literally rode the first horse out of Noah's Ark and then did a bolt, <laughs> and thus was born the first Kentucky Derby. <laughs> Is it Derby or Derby? <laughs> anyway, um. Yeah, they, I remember some old dude set some record at the Olympics for being the oldest Olympian or the oldest dude to compete in the equestrian or whatever the hell it was. And, yeah, kudos to him. He could get out of bed without, you know, what's it called? Popping a rivet on his hip. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I honestly thought about it. Okay, how much does the life of a horse, an Olympian horse, how much of, how much of their life, life actually changes? Like, does he get extra special feed? Like, I'm assuming they're not feeding him, you know, pellets of grain because they've got to get him pumping with enough anabolic steroids to get him up and running. But does he have, like, nice quarters? Or does he, they just lump him into a barn, like with the rest of them? Does his barn have heaters? <laughs> um, yeah, does he roam free? Like, I wouldn't imagine it. This is just me thinking abstractly right now. But that really bothered me, the fact that, yeah, all the praise is stuck on the jockey, but the jockey essentially just knows how to commandeer this wild beast who at any point could just buck him off and stomp the living shit out of him. I mean, there's your reminder of who's really in control. And it's kind of unfair. Every time, you know, a jockey goes underneath a horse, it's a tragedy, horse comes down, breaks a leg, and they send him off to the glue factory. I mean, where's the reward? The jockey would get compensated for sure. I, I, I am well aware that I'm rambling. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, these are the things that I think about. Makes no sense. I, I think, yeah, personally, I think these horse, uh, 
because it's not the horse's fault. It's one thing to eat them out of survival. It's not because <laughs> we're not really eating horse in Melbourne. But it's one thing to sort of eat animals out of point of survival and die. It's another thing to, you know, paint a number on them and hit them with a stick and force them to run for our own amusement. I mean, that's why we've got, you know, Love Island. <laughs> oh, God, that atrocity. <sighs> Fuck me, Dad, man. The amount of women that watch that shit saying that, you know, it's uh, entertaining and it's interesting and it's some sort of psychological assessment. Fuck right off. I watched about four minutes of the last latest one, whatever they have. And it's literally just 20-somethings that are pumping with collagen and testosterone, just getting them naked and watching them fucking maul each other. And if any of these people were friends of yours, you wouldn't have a fucking bar of it, and I'm just overseeing it. Hopefully, the uh, insanity, you know, will subside, common sense will prevail, and we'll go back to, you know, watching reruns of Happy Days. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, who have I got this week? I've got, I've got to go through my backlog. I'm fucking flat out with work. So I'm just trying to think who we have coming in this week. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing an episode on Sunday. <coughs> um, not exactly sure how you guys want me to keep presenting these because um, some people have said to me they want a bit of an introduction before each episode. Most of the time I'm just fucking off and going straight home and just starting to edit and I forget about it. And I guess um, I figure that most of the episodes are with me, Andy, and John, but, you know, it's going to vary it up a bit. Um, yeah. It's always nice to see more and more people sort of coming out of the work and, and confessing that they listen to this shit. <laughs> I don't know. It's such like a dirty habit. I don't understand. But then again, like, yeah, even I wouldn't listen to myself if I was someone else. It's hard enough listening to me. Um. Oh yeah, back to the back to the whole engineering thing. So I've yeah, when I said I've been feeling myself over this sort of thing, it's sort of been like got into you know real nitty gritty and started fucking with cables and unplugging stuff and feeling like I'm a real audio engineer. And um, one of the cool things I, I actually did figure out, well, I didn't figure out, but I actually applied was the audio panel has got digital elements. So when you plug it into your computer, it brings up like a mixer board and all that sort of shit. And in the mixer board, you've got other audio engineering components like equalizers and compressors and all that sort of stuff. I actually manipulated some of these things to try and bump up the the, uh, the sound. It's quite impressive. Not really. <laughs> it's impressive I haven't blown anything up. That's what's impressive. Any hoodly doodly. Um, it is now 2.50 and I believe... I'll probably get out of here. I think the race starts at 3.15, and I'm really going to be upset if I miss that. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nah, it's been good. That's sort of weird. Um, I'm in a weird place because, um, like, I'm obviously working my balls off, and I mentioned it on the last podcast that things are sort of starting to come to fruition, as in some of the investments I've made, and, you know, just I'm working like a moron, but it's actually, for you know, a means to an end. But sometimes like I fall back, I regress and fall back into my own sort of habits. And I mean, I've talked about this at length, just regards to mental health and depression, all that sort of shit. And, you know, I, it's a constant 
sort of thing. Like some people say to me, how could you possibly have depression? Like, what have you got to be depressed about? I'm like, well, it goes beyond like, you know, things that happen that keep you sort of in a dark place or whatever. It's, it's mental. It's a state of mind that you can't escape. Like some days you're literally, you're isolating yourself in your head where you feel there is no hope. Everything's, you're, you're a failure, you know, everything, whatever it is, you know, um, but like, I'm starting to pat myself on the back and say, you know what, dickhead, like you're actually, you've done all right. As in, you're doing all right. You're not where you want to be yet, but you're getting there and it's it's getting better. But then like, <laughs> what was it the other day? I was right. I've been on the motorbike a lot. Um, I've been using it. I use it to commute now because it's just so much more cost effective. It's just a lot easier. You know, um, parking is a nothing. You know, you just park wherever the hell you want, really. And um, what was it? I, I told myself to make a note of it because it was important. And obviously that's not going to go well. <laughs> um, Jesus, I've got a lot of bullshit notes in my phone. I don't even know what half of these things are. Legitimately, I make look. I try and make notes in my phone when I think of something that I want to bring up. And yeah, I have no idea what the hell it was. Oh, <laughs> just things that pissed me off. And why, in this day and age, <laughs> two things that st- stuck in my head, especially one because I was on the motorbike. When you're on a motorbike, okay, men, men are egotistical, right? They are. They can't afford to be emasculated in any way. And one of the stupid ways that we express that masculinity is how fast we can drive a car off the line, like at the lights. <laughs> um, I've... I may have used to, used to do it when I was younger. I used to drive my R31 and, you know, felt really fucking cool because I had a sort of mid-sized sort of sports car with an engine that was too big for the body. But, um, yeah, obviously as I get older, you know, I haven't got time for it. I can't be bothered. My car's falling apart and, yeah, tires are expensive and I just it's not my bag. But that's the one cool thing about having a motorbike. You can filter through traffic, always get ahead, to the front of the pack and sort of take off. And it generally is quicker to get around, which is pretty cool. But other men don't like seeing dudes on motorbikes because they feel like they have to be the fastest for whatever reason. And I've, it's happened a bunch of times. Where I'll get to the front and some nitwit next to me will fucking hammer it, hammer it, coming off the line like he's got a point to prove. I literally got wiped off the road by some dickhead trying to do it the other day. Back wheels started spinning. And I've just put my pull the throttle back and just take it off. I just looked at him and just, I must have been doing 75 on a 70k road. This clown has come flying from behind and just kept going and then slammed his brakes to, at the next red lights because <laughs> he hadn't realized how far ahead he'd gone. And I put up next to him, just shaking my head like, really, dude, really, I'm pretty sure your missus still loves you. <laughs> it's not the end of the world that a guy on a fucking tiny bike next to you took off quicker than you did. It's physics. <laughs> like, I don't know, another dickhead, like, just beeped the shit out of me. I had pedestrians in front of me crossing the road, and the light went green, and this clown behind me just jumped on the horn. Like, what do you want to do? Like, kill people so you can make it another 10 metres? In, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <sighs> Fuck. Nevertheless, um... All right, I'm going to wrap because, yeah, this really was just a quick update. Please check out the latest episode. Sometimes I know I don't get time to post the 
episode, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, production cards and that sort of shit. So just, you know, we're on Spotify now. I don't want to hear any more excuses. The amount of bitching that I used to hear. Why don't you on Spotify? Why don't you on Spotify? Well, we're on Spotify now. So jump on Spotify, get subscribe, get the notifications. Please, please share this shit. If you've listened to more than two episodes, yeah, two episodes. If you've listened to more than two episodes, you need to reshare this. I'm sorry. Because I don't spend more than five seconds listening to crap that I don't like listening to. Okay, and... I'll correct myself on that. I listened to Hannah Gatsby's uh, stand-up. We talked about it last week, and now with the whole Chappelle thing, I thought, you know what? I'm going to jump in again and just see what's so funny about Hannah Gatsby. And I'll be honest, it's got nothing to do with not speaking to me because I'm not a lesbian, you know, or something like that. You know, I I understand what deprecating comedy is. You know, I've built my whole (laughs) foundations on it. But, you know... Half the time, it's just, uh, it really just wasn't funny. Like, I didn't get the joke. And I can get any, almost any humor. Toilet humor to twisted to black. You know, you can make a Hitler joke and it's still funny. You know, but, I don't know. We've got to wait. We've got a lot of work to do. Anyway, um, yeah, don't hate me for this one. (laughs) But I'm I'm liking the digs. I've got the aircon running and um, swaying in my chair, and it's nice. It's actually relaxing. I was looking around, and yeah, all this crap has really come together. <laughs> yeah, you know, just to set it on fire and walk away. <laughs> anyway, I hope your nag wins in Melbourne Cup, and you become a billionaire off a three dollar bet, as everyone believes. And then, if it doesn't go through, I'm sure you can blame Dan Andrews or someone else. <laughs> right. Um, smoke crack. <laughs> Hold up.